everyone, and welcome to Be You Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Molly Thorson. She is the U.S. Director of Advocacy and Corporate Engagement at A21. So Molly, if you'll introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Yes, and thank you so much for having me, Bill. This is um, a great honor to be on the podcast. Um, As you said, my name is Molly Thorson. I am the U.S. Director of Advocacy and Corporate Engagement for A21. Um, I'm based in the Washington, D.C. office, and um, we're really excited today because, as I said, I'm the Director of Corporate Engagement. So um, being able to talk with you guys at Consumer Energy is going to be a really great um, and informative session. All right. Well, thanks, Molly. And let's talk just a little bit about what you do and what A21 does, because many of our guests may not be familiar with this at all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll start with what A21 does. So A21 is a global nonprofit um, that operates in about 19 different countries. Um, And really what we do is we focus on reach, rescue, and restoration So we have our public awareness campaigns, our education campaigns um, that really highlight how to identify human trafficking and the actions to take um, if you do see those signs. And then in addition to that, we support survivors all across the United States, um, in addition to all across the globe. Um, So we have our survivor freedom centers, uh, which are community-based models that survive can get resources um, and continue on their path and their journey. So really just um, we're there to help survivors and help battle human trafficking really in every capacity. As far as my role, um, I'm here in D.C. and I work on a lot of the outreach and the education and public awareness. And a lot of that has to do with um, speaking with Uh, companies that really want to get engaged in the fight against human trafficking and helping them find innovative ways uh, and best practices on how they can combat human trafficking. Well, and let's dig right into it, right? So what exactly (laughs) is human trafficking? Absolutely. Um, And, you know, it's so interesting because so many people have um, this idea in their head and really human trafficking is quite simple. It's um, really being held against your will um, for the sex, labor, or really any type of activity that you don't want to be in and that you're kind of being forced or coerced or manipulated to partake in. Um, and as I mentioned, human trafficking looks different in so many different scenarios. Uh, there's labor trafficking, there's domestic servitude, there's sex trafficking. Um, There's child online enticement. Um, There are really so many different ways. So it's really important to educate ourselves on what each one looks like so we can identify it if we're out in the public. Well, and something interesting about what you said, too, I think that many times when we hear human trafficking, we immediately think of uh, people who are in the sex trade. Uh, But uh, I did a little research and I noticed that today, Uh, According to your website, there are more people enslaved today than at any other time in history. And we don't think about our society in those terms. 
No, we we don't actually. And it's quite um, unreal if you look at the statistics. There's an estimated 50 million people um, enslaved in human trafficking around the globe. That's less than one in every 200 people in the world. Um, So it's really shocking about how many people are in human trafficking right now and how how easy it could be for all of us to do something about it and help change those statistics. So uh, we're committed over at A21 to do our part, and we're so grateful for uh, companies who engage with us and and help join us in that battle. Well, you know, the, one of the reasons that we um, talked about uh, having this discussion was that many of our coworkers work in the field. They're outside every day. They're talking to people. They're interacting with customers and others. And so um, as we think about human trafficking, uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about what are some of the signs? Because you always say, if you see something, say something, but we may see something and not even know what we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great point. We always hear the see something, say something, but what do we look for? What do we see? Um, And in the cases of... um, service providers who are going to be out in the field, you'll probably most commonly interact with a type of trafficking of domestic servitude if you're in the house or sex and labor trafficking. Um, Really, one of the most common ways you can identify this is um, the person looks malnourished. The person has someone speaking for them. Um, They're not allowed to speak. They're not allowed to make eye contact. they have visible bruises. They have brandings. So really, some of some of those indicators are pretty um, pretty common signs of trafficking for both domestic servitude, sex, and labor. Um, what I do want to point out is that oftentimes someone will see um, just one of those signs, and it it really is a series of those and a combination of all of those combined that can really lead you to help identifying. Um, a situation where you do need to call and say something. Well, and it sounds like maybe some of these signs uh, taken separately might not have anything to do with human trafficking, but it's mm-hmm. but they may be leading to something else if someone is malnutri- malnourished or if someone is in poor living conditions. Yes, absolutely. And um, like you said, it could le- be so many different things. Um, so it's really just important to keep an eye out for all of those. Um, and like we said, report it if you, if you do see something. So if I see something, who should I, who should I report it to? So, um, right now, if you're in the United States, what we would suggest is calling the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Um, their number is 1-888-373-7888. And so, again, that's the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And really, that's best if you see a situation where there's an adult that you believe is going to be um, a potential victim of human trafficking. But if you see a minor, we always suggest calling 1-800-THE-LOST, which is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So um, they have great resources at both of those hotlines that can really help get um get the proper help and get the proper identification tools in place um, to really dive deep into that case. So would you say that it's always best to call the experts than maybe try and intervene yourself? 
Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, you never know really what you're going to get yourself involved. Is this part of our larger human trafficking ring or is this an individual? Um, to be on the safe side for both you and that um, potential victim of trafficking, it is 100% the correct um, The correct action is to call a professional. Um, always also just 911. Um, just call the emergency hotline and um, if you can't remember the other hotlines and, and report it to them as well. And when you say larger organization, right, I, I look at uh, the numbers here and I see that uh, human trafficking is about $150 billion a year business. So that those are large organizations. Yes, exactly. So $150 billion annual revenue is predicted um, that the human trafficking industry is making uh, every year. To put that in perspective, that's bigger than Google, Nike, and Microsoft combined um, every year. So really, you're talking about a huge network of criminals who are capitalizing on um, on people. And really, um, it's something we all need to be aware of. And again, never just get ourselves involved in, but always call the professionals. Well, and then let's talk about that a little bit. So I see something, I say something, uh, and that person is is rescued from that situation. You talked a little bit about a survivor's network. So can you kind of walk us through what happens um, after someone's removed from that? Um, so it, it kind of will vary by state, but most of the time law enforcement will um, call a nonprofit that they know that is working in this space um, and give them emergency housing and give them emergency resources. And that's where a lot of um, the support to these nonprofits, uh, you're seeing a lot of that coming through Survivor, um, being there for that immediate assistance. And what's it like for the survivor? I mean, what what have you seen? You know, it's really interesting because um, we get questions like this all the time. But at A21, our biggest priority is just putting our survivors' privacy and um, respect first. And we usually just don't tell these these stories because oftentimes it can be traumatizing to re revisit these stories. So. As far as a firsthand account, I probably don't have information that I that I could share. But all I know is that um, these men and women and children are just so incredibly brave um, and just so incredibly strong. And um, it's constantly just amazing to watch the the courage of these survivors um, every day. Well, thank you for that. And I, and I can certainly respect um, the privacy of um, folks who have been in this situation. So well, thanks for at least kind of giving us that overview. Um, other than the see something, say something, what are some of the other things that we can do uh, to help out? Uh, absolutely. So it really, there's so much you can do. And it really just depends on the time you have and the resources you have and how much, um, how committed you'd like to be to this issue. Um, I think the easiest and most basic thing you can do is really just learn about human trafficking and learn about what it is um, so you can be um, those eyes in the public if you do see something. So I think the number one thing is educate yourself on what human trafficking looks like. 
um, at a21.org. We have so many resources on every different scenario of human trafficking. So I would just suggest looking through those. Um, and then volunteer or giving financially is always appreciated for any nonprofit. Um, but like I said, when you're assisting survivors, it's really wonderful to have um, volunteers or or that financial um, contribution to help us in that journey. Um, I think those would probably be the top three, um, but also just spreading the word about human trafficking. You, uh, If you have social media or um, email your friends or just let people know that um, this is happening and it's out there um, and there's stuff that they can do to get involved as well. Okay. And I, I'm just kind of curious, what what would volunteering look like? I know a lot of the folks here at Consumers Energy put in many, many, many volunteer hours and we do all kinds of things. So I'm just wondering what volunteering would look like in that space. So it looks completely different in every office. Um, we do have a portal online that you can go to A21 to volunteer for. Um, so each office has totally different opportunities for volunteering. Um, but really, even if it's just as simple as something as answering phone calls or um, fielding emails, so it really can look very different to, to every office. But I would encourage you to go check out our A21 volunteer um, page and see all the opportunities that are that are hosted there right now. And I know that coming up in October, I think October 14th of this year, you'll be doing a walk for freedom. Will that be some sort of a nationwide thing going on? Yes. So that is actually a global walk. Um, and it's really incredible. Pretty much, um, I think we had over 500 um, across the globe last year. But basically, you just gather with your friends and family and you gather with people who care about this issue. Um, and you walk in your hometown. It's called the Walk for Freedom. So I would definitely encourage um, encourage you to check that out. I believe our registration opens in July for that. So um, if you follow along A21 social media, you can get updates on when the uh, registration opens up. But I would 100% encourage participating in the Walk for Freedom. All right. Uh, and we'll look for information coming out uh, soon on that. You know, Molly, I did kind of want to ask you a, a little bit about how you got involved uh, in uh, in this with A21. And, and what, what's your background that brought you to where you're at today? Oh, that is a great uh, question. So um, I always love answering this because there's um, a lot of different aspects, but I'm an art history major. So I actually have no... Um, no background in this aside from really passionately caring about this issue. Um, but my journey began actually um, with the Walk for Freedom. Uh, I was signed up to walk my sister Becca in 2016 in Washington, D.C. And unfortunately, the day of the walk, my sister, um, she went to the hospital with a headache and actually passed away about two weeks later. So I had to do something to honor her and I had to do something that I felt she would um, be really happy about. And she cared so much about battling human trafficking. So I practically begged A21 to let me host the Walk for Freedom in D.C. the next year in her honor. 
Um, and I did, and they let me in. So I've been hosting the Walk for Freedom in D.C. for the past seven years in her honor. Um, and, you know, once you find out about what's going on and how easy it is to help battle human trafficking, um, you pretty much can't stop um, being a part of it. So I have been with them with A21 for about seven years. Wow. And, and so what a gr- what a great, inspiring story. I had no idea that was the answer I was going to get. <laughs> Um, but kind of on a humorous note, I just want to say art history majors, there is hope out there. <laughs> yes, there is there is hope for art history majors. Um, and you know, I think it's I love my degree. I wouldn't go back and change it, but you can definitely find different ways outside of your background to um to be a part of this world. So um I love being a part of A21. I love honoring my sister's legacy and um and I wouldn't have it in any other way. So that's that's great. Now I do want to talk about a couple of things. When I look at the when I looked at the website, um, there was a couple of things that really struck me um, on your page, and um, I like the idea of one life at a time. This is how we end slavery. Um, it really reminds me of the story of the the guy that was walking down the beach, throwing starfish in the water. And someone came up and asked him what he was doing. And he said, I'm throwing these starfish back in the water to save them. And the guy said, but there's so many, you're not making any difference at all. And he picked up a starfish and threw it in and said, I'm making a difference to that one. And that's really kind of how I I see what you're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. I've never heard that story, but I think that's, that's a beautiful way to describe what we're talking about. Um, Every life Every life matters and no one, the idea of human trafficking in general is that we believe that bodies are not commodities, that humans are not, don't have a a monetary value on them and that everyone is equal. So the idea for us is always just go for and help and do all we can for even just the one person. Um, because at the end of the day, everyone deserves that, and everyone deserves that same amount of attention and that same effort. So, absolutely, that's that's always been our motto, and um, that, frankly, it always will too. Well, well, great. And and then I also wanted to ask about this concept. I know we talked about this uh, when we first discussed coming on the podcast, uh, but this concept of reach, rescue, and restore. Um, I, you know, we don't have hours to talk about it, but could you maybe kind of talk through that and sum that up for us? Yes, absolutely. So um, we have some incredible, um, incredible doctors on our staff, and they've been able to really identify um, the circle of victimization and re-victimization that um, happens in human trafficking. And really, if you just look at one part, um, when you could stop human trafficking, educate, and that's our reach. And if you make public awareness campaigns with our reach and with the restore, um, like just making sure that survivors don't get caught up in that re-victimization cycle. So really looking at the cycle of trafficking and finding those points that we can be a part of to help break the cycle, um, that's 
that's really what Reach, Rescue, and Restore is about. And so, as I mentioned, we have our our education, our public awareness, which is Reach, and then our rescue. We have um, our freedom centers, but also in some of the countries we operate, such as South Africa and Greece, we do operate the hotline as well. Um, so we do operate those countries' um, human trafficking hotline. And then um, for Restore, for our survivors, we're, like I mentioned earlier, we're just there on their journey, um, whether it's um, educational pieces, whether it's just basic needs, emergency needs, um, legal needs, medical needs, we're just there for that full restoration piece. So that's kind of the model that we've looked out that reach, rescue, and restore. Okay, that makes that makes perfect sense. And I know uh, breaking the cycle is uh, so very important, but also making sure that people don't become victims again of this. Um, and I know that we also talked about how uh, numbers in Michigan, as well as a lot of other places, are on the rise. And I did want to talk a little bit about some work that our uh, business employee resource groups, or BERGs, are doing here. Um, I know that uh, we are looking at some lunch and learn activity around human trafficking this year, uh, and they'll be kind of kicking that off in April. Um, will they be working with you and your team on those things? I believe we'll be a part of the lunch and learns. I hope so. <laughs> so uh, we're there as a resource, um, and you guys have been so incredible with just, um, I just want to say, like, the commitment level already has been really incredible from Consumer Energy. So uh, we're happy to be a part of those and really look forward to um, helping with the education pieces. And honestly, we're here as a resource if anyone has any questions as well. Well, very good. And, and again, um, www.a21.org is the website that has just so much information on it. Great videos, great education, um, uh, great place to kind of learn about this. Uh, and learn about uh, nonprofits in your area uh, that are helping out with this cause. So, Molly, uh, we are getting close to the end of the podcast today. But before we go, is there anything that you would like our audience to take away from this conversation? I think the biggest thing is just understanding what human trafficking is and just taking some time to go and really educate yourself on it. And while I love A21 and I am obviously committed to A21, um, look at your local organizations as well and really just see if there are any opportunities to really be involved. Um, and that's probably what I would say. All right. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Really appreciate it. It's been great to getting to know you and to learn a little bit more about what you do and get, gain a better understanding of human trafficking and uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, I hope to see you soon. <laughs>